0: done its
1: part. let Him in my life, my heart. Love done its part. Now let Him in my life, my
0: heart. Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today, and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness.
2: Going to be talking about something today that I think is uh, is going to be a, a great benefit to our listeners. Uh, this particular broadcast is especially geared for those who are struggling with same, unwanted same-sex attraction, and we're going to be talking about the issue of inferiority. And so, Lee, I'd like to just kind of get you to kick us off and and talk about this idea of, of why some guys who struggle with homosexuality feel so small, feel so inferior.
1: Sure, Jonathan. I think um I think when I started thinking about this topic I, I just had this uh kind of image of this little boy and is dressed in his dad's suit you know it's hanging all over him he's uh you know got his big shoes on his feet you know flip out of them and uh and that's a lot of the 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 way that a man feels in this uh in this struggle when he walks into a room with a bunch of other guys uh he can feel very small just like he's the only one in there that doesn't know doesn't understand doesn't doesn't feel like a man. And I think that comes from that inferiority uh, of a kid growing up in a home where dad doesn't really affirm his masculinity, doesn't really know how to, uh, doesn't really encourage his masculinity, doesn't really speak into him words of accepting his own masculinity. And so that little boy kind of grows up feeling like he never got what he needed. Could a lot of that come out, would you say a lot of that has to do with maybe
2: if if, if a boy just maybe naturally has maybe what you would consider maybe more tender, uh, maybe a more tender personality, because I know that some some boys just tend to be more uh, compassionate, more just softer, could then, if a father comes along and shames him for having a tender personality, that could that pl- start planting seeds of this idea that it's it's wrong for a boy to be... Uh, to dis- display softness in any way.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I many of the guys I work with, uh, including myself, I mean, I used to think it was a curse, but I really believe it was God's gift is that some boys are, are born just with a little more of an intuitive side, a little more sensitive side. And uh, dads can either encourage that and teach that boy how to use it, uh, while still encouraging his masculinity, or he can destroy it, and that makes that little boy either reject him and pull away and become more overly sensitive, or press into his masculinity and and refuse to see it and become that big macho guy that nobody really wants to be around because he acts so tough all the time.
2: Yeah, and and do you think I mean, do you think a lot of times dads who um Maybe speak some of those shaming words over their over their sons. Is a lot of that born out of their own fear? Sure, of what do I do with this this boy who isn't like me or or who doesn't um, doesn't grasp his masculinity as firmly
1: as I do? Sure. you got a dad who likes to work on cars and played football in high school and you know, joked around with his buddies and and maybe and, you're
2: into music
1: or art or very, you know, right. Or it can be even less benign, you know, even benign than that. Then it's that this kid who just, you know, doesn't like music or anything, but he's just sensitive. He cries at certain movies, and he cares about what his mom's doing in the kitchen. And, you know, uh, some days dad says, let's go out and work on the car. And he says, no, I'm watching my favorite show. And it's like you know, what does dad do with that? That's rejecting dad. And so dad says, well, no kid of mine's going to be like that. And so, you know what, quit being a sissy and get out here and, you know, you need to do things with me and, you know, you need to learn how to work on the cars and, and those sorts of things. And all the while that little boy starts being, you know, kind of directed one way or the other and he either rejects that or accepts it.
2: Right. You know, we, I just now thought of this a few weeks ago, you know, we did a broadcast on, on uh, vulnerability and the idea that, that, Uh, sexual addiction is a cheap substitute for real intimacy and how we showed that there's a lot of similarities between heterosexual sexual addiction and homosexual sexual addiction. And I was just now thinking, you know, this is also, I think, one of those areas that can have some similarities. Because as you were sitting there saying some of that stuff, I was thinking, you know, I've always been a sensitive guy. I mean, I grew up as the kid who could, you know, if I would be embarrassed for someone else if they were getting embarrassed, right You know I was always that kid that kind of just tapped in to everybody else's emotions. I hit it real well, but I think growing up, I too kind of adopted this this smallness mentality now I learned to compensate, and I think that's what we need to talk about is I learned to really overly compensate through being. Um, kind of a jokester and be, you know, having a quick wit and using humor and, to kind of, and sarcasm to deflect that attention towards that place in me that was very tender and sensitive, because I thought, hey, that's not the way guys are supposed to be. You know, guys sure. are supposed to be rough and gruff and all this kind of stuff. And sure. yet, and yet, for me, I guess certain things didn't um, line up in my woundedness. To cause me then to go in the direction of seeking same-sex uh, attraction, or, or to go towards heterosexual behaviors, whereas you know maybe other sorts of shaming um, behaviors or thoughts in in another kid might have kind of bent him in that direction.
1: Sure, and Jonathan, I always say Satan isn't very creative, but he's consistent, right, <laughs> in the way that he gets at our weaknesses. And so, you know, the recipe is just slightly off for whether you head off, head off into homosexual addiction or heterosexual addiction. Right. There's just one ingredient less or one ingredient more somewhere in there. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you a boy who feels inferior because of his sensitivity, because he doesn't quite measure up, can either reject his father altogether for what he's doing to him, for the words he uses against him, and become more feminine, or he can... Do like you did and accommodate it and assimilate it into who he is and joke about it and kind of use it when it benefits him and and, uh, make jokes about it when it doesn't. Or he can go the opposite direction and become an angry, bitter, macho man who you tend to find who abuses women or who is angry all the time because that sensitivity got him nowhere. And so it's either accept it and reject the man, or reject it and be very angry, or find yourself somewhere in in the middle.
2: And is it sometimes that the angry, you know, guy who go, you know totally goes overboard with his masculinity? Is it sometimes that a, uh, almost a retaliation against his dad, sometimes, or maybe, or maybe a retaliation against um, maybe the fact that he even was having feelings that were confusing to him in terms of his sexuality. And so he just overly compensated by going headlong into very, very heterosexual, even even abusive sort of behaviors.
1: Sure, sure. Overcompensating for his, his questions about his own sexuality, overcompensating for the pain that he felt for having some of those sensitive feelings in the first place. Uh, of saying, you know what, if this is where sensitivity gets me, I'm not going to use it.
2: But then you could also say that on the other side of the coin for the guy who goes headlong, you know, almost angrily into his homosexual behaviors as if to rebel against his father and say, hey, you're going to try to push me into that corner I'm going to totally be free to express these sensitive emotions and these sensitive feelings, and I'm going to show you kind of a thing.
1: Well, and I I think it's slightly different. I think that may be the missing ingredient. I think what he does is he does that, but he he completely rejects the man altogether then, and he presses more into his mom, who's more sensitive. Mm. And she loves the sensitivity, and she sees it, and she encourages it, and so he gets a lot of affirmation from female, and so he becomes more and more female, and yet, then he sees that you know what I'm gonna. I, I see him, and he rejected me, and so I see her, and she loves me, and so I, I I tend to go to her more. And before I know it, I then respond with that you know almost militant, "Hey, I'm gay, and nobody can change." Right.
2: It. How is this idea of or this these feelings of inferiority? Um, how are they? How do they grow, or how are they fed for somebody who pursues homosexual? Behaviors who pursues the homosexual lifestyle.
1: Well, truly, I mean, the best way I can describe it is: is you have a little boy in a daddy suit who shows up around a bunch of other gay men, and there's just a bunch of boys hanging out in daddy suits. So there's really no stretching, there's no moving past, there's no growing up. They just kind of keep bumping. So it's almost into like it got
2: stuck at some point in time. The the it, it's almost like whatever happened to produce that inferiority. Um. Happen long, long before, in terms of maybe earlier on in their childhood, and then it just gets stuck there. It's not necessarily necessarily something that that grows or gets worse necessarily. I mean, I don't know. Is it
1: right? I don't. I've never seen it really grow and get worse, but it generally stays the same. But it, guess what? As the as that part of them stays small, their body still grows, and they still look like a grown adult man on the outside. Does it? Is it usually? Um,
2: does it usually center around some sort of event or some sort of period of time or I mean how do, how do they get stuck in that little boy mentality personally
1: i think it is usually surrounding some of the biggest hurts and rejections in their life as a kid and that that's where it tends to get stuck wherever they felt most rejected wherever that day that finally hit that said you know what i don't like you dad I don't know how to be you, and I'm not going to be you. Or if dad wasn't even in the picture. Some guys may say, well, it couldn't have happened to me because I didn't even have a dad. It's the same thing. At some point, this growing boy who hadn't quite reached manhood yet looked around and said, you know what, the guys I do know, I don't like them. I don't know how to be them. I don't like who they are. I don't like how they treat me. I like mom's sensitive touch. I like that she tends to pull me up on her lap when she, when I'm afraid. I like I like those things, so I'm rejecting this.
2: And so then it's, it's more of like at a certain point in time, part of them just gets shut down. And out of that, they just remain stuck in whatever kind of emotional state they were in right. at that, that point in time.
1: That shut down part stays at the age they shut down in. And so then they grow up and they walk into this room at an office you know meeting or they show up at church or the men's group. And, and all these other guys look so much bigger, stronger, masculine than they do. And they feel small.
2: So how does this kid then determine what what image he's going to project? Because obviously he's got to project an image, right? Because he can't really be himself anymore. Either that or he finds connection in the homosexual community where he feels like at least to a degree a part of him can be, quote-unquote, himself, um, even even if that's a skewed perspective. But, I mean, it seems to me like he's he's destined for duplicity, because he's got to present something to these people in the office that are <laughs> that he's that he perceives as very different from him and that are that are very intimidating to him, and so how does one go about determining okay what image am i going to project do do most just project more of kind of like a soft spoken "I'm not going to rock the boat i'm not or do they try to overly project some sort of pseudo masculine image in certain contexts?
1: Well, I think um, I think sure the pseudo masculine kind of thing, the overcompensating can happen. That's for sure. That's usually among men who are still struggling beneath the surface that they're on their homosexual or same sex attraction. I think uh, on the guy who's accepted his ho- same sex attraction, his homosexual struggle, he sees it, he knows it, he's felt it. Uh, he will probably tend to drift away from those kinds of meetings and stay out of the, those opportunities where he's the only one there. Uh, amongst a group of men. There also may be those who refuse to hang out with men. They just hang out with women all the time. That's the safest place. Um, Or they do kind of become a bit of a chameleon. They will put forth whatever they think works, even though on the inside there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of turmoil because they don't feel like they fit. And um, I know in my own life and, and in guys I work with, certain questions would send you into some sort of panic, you know, like, who's your favorite sports team? Or, you know, did you watch this, the Spurs last night? Sure, or, yeah. you know, it's like, oh man, what answer do I come up with there? Because you certainly couldn't say, I didn't watch it. You had to say, uh, yeah, uh, I watched, uh, yeah, it was good, you know, or those sorts of things. And so either that, or they'll just remove themselves from that situation altogether. And they won't show up to the men's meetings and they won't go, you know, if they go to the office meeting, they go in and get out real quick and they Stay pretty isolated.
2: Yeah. Now you mentioned on here uh, in some of your notes that you'd put down here that that this this guy could you said he could feel small in front of mom. He could have a fear of dad and a fear of men. Now what what did you mean when he said you, when you said he could feel small in front of mom? What what I mean? How would that play out in this in this kid's life? Because you you made it sound like okay in the one sense he kind of rejects. Uh, dad's influence because it, it doesn't match with what he's feeling, you know, or either right. that or there's some shaming that Dad did concerning whatever sensitivities he was trying to display. And so it sounded like, okay, he's going to attach to mom, but then you're also saying that he could feel small around mom. Was is it typically kind of an over overly dominant mother that is that would cause that, or?
1: Well, I think the most. Uh, the most explanatory or the best way to look at that would be to I see it as kind of you got this boy in the center and you got mom and dad on either side and as the when the boy's born who's he usually closest to?
2: Oh, Mom. Mom.
1: And so he gets a lot of nurturing from her she holds him she cuddles with him you know dad's over here tossing him up through the ceiling you know wrestling with him. And But if that doesn't happen and if his sensitivity is too strong for dad and dad gets scared and thinks, what am I going to do with this kid? He's, he's acting gay or he's too much of a sissy. Then dad pulls away or dad starts trying to make him act more masculine. Right. Then he pulls away. And so right there is where that boy stops growing because he's no longer being affirmed by the masculine in his life. That, hey, no matter whether you cry or not, it's okay. You're a good boy. You're a good son. You're a good man. You'll be a good man. But guess what? Mom's still over here, and she's trying to compensate for now this lack of dad being around for son. So Mm -hmm. when dad says, come out and help me work on the car, and kid says, no, I don't want to, mom feels sad because she looks over, she sees son playing in the corner by himself, and she says, hey, why don't you come in here and help me fix dinner? Or why don't you come out here and we'll go to the store? Well, then before he knows it, he can be himself in front of mom, and he can cry, and she comforts him, and he can, you know, get angry at dad, and he can be upset, and he can feel small, and she comforts him, and hugs him, Mm -hmm. and holds him, and still, out of her best intentions, and yeah, sometimes that dominant mother is the case here, but she's still doing it out of her best of intentions and dad's only doing it because he's afraid, but we still have to look at what the end result is. So what
2: this means basically is he, he's, he's free to feel small in front of mom. Right. It's like, it's like it's a safe environment. Okay. I get you now. So then it's more like, and that probably becomes his, um, his, his standard also for, for being with any woman. Sure. Is it's, it's, it's it, he's, he's comfortable to be vulnerable to that environment because he hasn't He's not sexually attracted. Uh, there's no threat there in the sense of there being a, a threat in male relationships because there's this disconnect between him having uh, an undeveloped mas- sense of masculinity and these other men who have a very developed sense of masculinity and that threat that feels threatening to him. Whereas with these women, Feels like he, mom. He, he can have all the underdeveloped masculinity he wants and he's going to feel right at plate. Right, because right he's
1: got an overdeveloped sense of sensitivity and femininity. Right. And, and I'd, I'd add in here also that not only can he feel safe to be small in front of mom, sometimes moms even begin encouraging that being small. Because they kind get of get used to the idea that their son always comes to them. And when husband's off sure. at a business trip or he's not showing them attention or he's upstairs taking care of, you know, the household stuff or paying bills and doesn't pay any attention to wife, then wife says, well, you know, I can always go to little Johnny here because he's always there for me. Right. And then his sensitivity begins to be used by mom and sometimes she can even accidentally encourage being being small because it keeps her need needed. She then feels more needed by sure.
2: Him. Well, so so then how, how is somebody going to heal from this sense of inferiority? How does somebody get to a place? How does a man get to a place where he can uh, be as grown up on the inside or feel as grown up on the inside as he does as he is on the outside? I mean, how can how can we get this little boy in dad's suit to actually fill out the suit? Well,
1: I think number one is they got to press against mom, and that's not to to say anything to to those moms out there of of how bad they were. We don't want a bunch of hate mail. Right, (laughs) (laughs) because moms are great, and we want to celebrate moms, but we also want to say, little boy, you know, you're growing up, you shouldn't be pressing into mom anymore, because at some point you should have pressed into dad. Mom's great when, when you're younger, but at some point you need to press into that masculine and uh, so if you haven't already done that, you need to get away from mom as much as you used to. Sure, we still you know, want, have need for mom, and we still want to encourage that, but to not her not be your primary source of emotional uh, outlet. Now, I can already, I mean,
2: I can feel through the radio waves this absolute sense of panic that you have just instilled in a lot of these men when you say, press into dad. How would you respond to this guy who says, ain't no way that's going to happen? There's no way I'm going to... Because isn't that where a lot of his woundedness might have come from?
1: So it's press against mom as much. It could be press into dad more. But if dad's still not safe, press into strong, safe men. You may have to find those people at a men's group at your church. You may have to press into strong men at... uh, uh, some sort of uh, kind of men's club that you kind of get into and strong say it's usually church. I guess I'm just going to come around and say it's usually church is the best place because you know you got men who are sensitive to the spirit there who are interested in helping others usually. and so that's important is to press into strong men who who you can feel safe around and you're not going to feel safe right away. I mean I tell them all, you're not going to feel safe right away. It's going to feel scary. You think you feel like that little boy in the suit, well, you know, now you're going to feel like an even littler boy in that suit when you first step out and yeah. into this uh, And not death. because
2: not because anybody in that environment would be would be seeking to shame you, but just because you're stepping more aggressively into territory that you've avoided for years. Right. I mean, back when you were a kid, at whatever point you kind of shut down, you began to, whether it was subconscious or not, you began to actively run away from the masculine, began to run away from that which frightened you, which was, okay, here's what it is to be a man. And you said, I don't fit that mold. And so to go back into that is going to be somewhat frightening. Um, It's going to feel very uncomfortable. But I I would also say in in this idea of kind of retraining yourself to embrace the masculine um, or embrace your masculinity, I want to be very careful that our listeners understand that compassion, that sensitivity, that passion are very positive strengths. Right. I mean, I am convinced, Lee, that the most, um, the best ministers in the world are those who've struggled with sexual addiction. Whether it be homosexual or heterosexual, because much of the reason we ended up latching on to the addictive behaviors in heterosexual or homosexual addiction was because it it appealed to our sensitivities. we, We were very, very sensitive people, and we were easily wounded in many cases. Well, you flip that coin over, and once you start healing from the addiction, once you start embracing your masculinity, once you start realizing what does it mean to be a real man, you can tap in to those sensitivities. You can tap into that compassion and you will be amazed at what beneficial strengths they are that you can offer to other people. But now you can offer it to them in the context of your masculinity and not in the context of your addiction
1: or your woundedness. Sure. I agree completely. And to also remember that that just because the world has a certain definition of masculine doesn't mean that that's God's definition. Because you're right, God's definition of masculine is also compassionate. Mm-hmm. It's also sensitive. It's also understanding. That's, those are the things that Christ was in his masculinity. And I think what happens is in this broken world we live in, Dads get the wrong impression of what masculinity is supposed to be. You know, I had one man who struggled with his homosexuality and his homosexual struggles said, uh, you know, my dad never kissed me. He never hugged me. And that's usually the thing we see is these guys who long to have homosexual, you know, connection because they need that manly touch never had it as a kid. And what their dads were doing was withdrawing from them emotionally and physically because they were afraid they would turn them gay, so to speak, which in turn turned them gay. Exactly. And I think the most important thing for gay men to also real men who struggle in their gayness and their same-sex attraction is this isn't going to work if you just continue to hang out with other gay men because you're not going to get the same kind of affirmation in your masculinity. You're not going to get the same kind of affirmation in your sensitivity. You'll get a lot of affirmation in your femininity, and you won't be stretched. Right,
2: you, you won't be challenged the same way you will in the context of of you know strong heterosexual men who are who also have compassion.
1: Right, you and know? you don't you don't you don't ultimately see hey these guys love me in spite of me. Right, they love me even though I have this struggle. They love me even though I don't know everything there is to know about my masculinity. Staying safe is not always the best place you got to press out of the safe and move into the the venture
2: yeah, well, we're glad you've been with us this week this uh, this week uh just remember that um you know the Bible even tells us that greater love has no man than this that he' lay down his life for his friends uh there is there's great hope for those of you who have been struggling in uh feeling inferior i well, I would highly encourage you to get in involved in a group of men where you can. You know, press in and learn what it means to be masculine, and then let your compassion, let your sensitivity flourish within your masculinity.
0: We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listeners supported. And all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today.